<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. As the war between Gary and Shannon continues, heroes and villains become harder to identify. Gary and Shannon separated at birth, fighting for their place in time to be solidified. The clock ticks faster and faster while time runs the marathon in this Babylon. But see, the end is only the beginning. The beginning of the calm before the storm. We had no energy. The stadium had no energy. The fans had no energy. Overall, it was a pretty bad game for everybody who calls themselves Dodgers. Especially if the last name on your jersey on the back is Grandal, man. Oh, I, I know you. I know you don't get cut from a postseason roster, but uh, he's making a good case for the first guy to ever be cut from a postseason roster. You try to go play catcher. No, no, I'm. I don't get paid to do that. Who the hell he do you does. think you are? Okay, easy you're just there. a guy in a studio oh, calling everybody a I horse face. I think I know what's going on here. Ted Danson, really? You're going to go after Ted Danson? I'm just saying there are people with He's more horsey faces than than He's a lovely man. <laughs> Stormy Daniels. That's all I'm saying. Peyton Manning, maybe. Peyton Manning's a great one. Well, I mean, not a great one, but he's an example of a, a guy with a potentially more horsey face than than Stormy Daniel. <laughs> Listen, that's we'll get to that. I think you're a little sad because of the last uh, last second loss by the 49ers as well. Oh, M.A. Hey, Listen, yes. I was thrilled to watch that game. It was fun. They did a good it, job. C.J. Com- Beathard did a good job. They competed. That's all I wanted, and they they looked great. I I was and everyone knows that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. I mean, who doesn't know that? It was inevitable. I knew it going in. I knew it going into the third quarter, the fourth quarter. I knew it the whole way, you know, but five turnovers. You're not going to win a game with five turnovers. Mm. What are we playing here? Checkers? Yes. Hut, hut, golf. <laughs> um, OK, uh, we have a bunch we're going to get to today. This is going to be a fun show because uh, we're going to get into some uh, some haunted house stuff. We haven't really ventured into this world yet, uh, even though we're getting a little bit closer to Halloween. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about one of those um, haunted houses where you have to sign a release where they just they basically they be- beat you up. They beat the crap out of you. It's a it's a masochist haunted house, really. They've uh, they've added a, uh, a particular angle to this one in uh, in Ohio, I believe it is, and it, it so if you're there. You might want to stop by the Akron Fright Fest haunted house and uh, and venture into that one. But we start with the president. Yes. And Stormy Daniels. All right. He yes. tweets Federal judge throws out Stormy Daniels' lawsuit versus Trump. Trump is entitled to full legal fees. Great. Now I can go after Horseface. <laughs> 
and her third-rate lawyer in the great state of Texas. She will confirm the letter she signed. She knows nothing about me, a total con. All right, so this was this is all because this judge here in California threw out the defamation lawsuit against the president. And it started, if I remember correctly, it started after Stormy Daniels told a story about being threatened by a guy and then gave a, um, a description. They released a police sketch. He tweeted something about that story, about that composite sketch, um, and called her a liar. And that's what the defamation suit was about, the tweet that called her a liar. So the defamation suit is thrown out. The judge basically said, listen, Twitter is just a thing. You can do whatever you want on Twitter, even if you're the president of the United States, and ordered Stormy Daniels to pay President Trump's legal fees. She retweeted uh, his uh, comments on Twitter, along with a caption of her own. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present your president. In addition to his um, shortcomings, he has demonstrated his incompetence, hatred of hatred of women and lack of self-control on Twitter again, and perhaps a penchant for bestiality. Game on, tiny. Doesn't that make you proud to be an American today? <laughs> this is the Good Lord. What, what the hell are is she ta- doing? Wait, what, and what's with the bestiality thrown in there well, for good measure? Because, you know, if he would do it with a woman with a uh, horse face, then obviously he's like, you know, so got therefore, it. zing. Got it. That was her. That was it. Zing. Like that's she, no good. She needs writers, for one thing. And I second, think she has them. Michael, I think somebody wrote that. That's too bad. Michael Avenatti got into it as well because he was described as a third-rate lawyer. and uh, Nobody Mike, contests that. <laughs> Michael Avenatti says, you are a disgusting misogynist and an embarrassment to the United States. Bring everything you have because we are going to demonstrate to the world what a complete shyster and liar you are. How many other women did you cheat on your wife with while you had a baby at home? Okay, that is by by the way, that is the last time I'm going to read a Michael Avenatti tweet. Amen. This guy is this guy is so far out in the in the world of uh, relevance anymore. He has lost all credibility. And by the way, he didn't have a lot going into the uh, going into the year, but he's lost all credibility and continues to punch at a guy who we've seen over and over again is un punchable you could you could level whatever charge you want against donald trump and that guy has been to this point absolutely teflon nothing is sticking to him but avenatti is is running for 2020 no, on he's his not. on his feud with president trump no he's yes not. yes he is this, this, he's holding rallies he's, he's drumming get, up support he's gonna get embarrassed he also has native american heritage stop it stop doing that <laughs> By the way, my uh, I told you my sister took one of those tests and uh, and she's checking because I, I we never really talked about the details outside of the uh, Wonder Bread with a with a slice of baguette on there. Like that's all of my <laughs> that's all of my genetic history. And uh, I asked her if there's any percentage at all of Native American blood. So she's checking to see if I would also qualify for Elizabeth Warren's. Um, I'm going to go with a no on that. You don't think so? No, I don't see it. All right. Well, we've got a lot coming up. This horse face thing is going to go on all day, unfortunately. And people. I are really to... want it not to. I well, would really like a big story to break because here's... it really does make me sad to be an American when I wake up and I see horse face and I see bestiality thrown in there. It's just, come on, what are we doing here? Well, she's. And by the way, 
She spent the weekend in Germany stripping. See, I didn't need I, to know that. I'm just it's just one of those things. I I mean, we have to we have to remember who it is that we're talking about here when we're talking about who's going after the president and who the president is going after. Plus, I found out according to the White House, the president doesn't have any public events scheduled for today, which means which means one thing right now that unless there's some sort of a news conference that's scheduled for later, this is the only thing coming out of the White House today is this is this uh, tweet. I mean, the only, only thing that anyone's paying attention to. I, I think to. something else will come out to, to shift so. to shift the attention. Now, I mean, if I if I'm in charge of the, the press in the White House, if I'm Sarah Huckabee Sanders or whatever, I'm going to at least put something something out about, I don't know. You know, some something something good that the administration well, is doing. You can't do Melania Trump's be best initiative because this he called a woman a horse face in a tweet. Right. I mean, you can't. No, you, you can't, can't blow do that. the dust off of that thing and trot it out. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we'll come back. We're going to be talking about speaking of going after people. Oh, but look at what I have. What? It's a thousand dollars. Oh, that's a great idea. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the nationwide keyword "win" to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's "win" to two hundred two hundred. Got to answer that phone. If they, uh, if you win, you will be called uh, before the top of the hour. If you don't win this hour, there's another chance an hour from now, eleven oh five to eleven twenty. In fact, we're giving away $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 6.20 p.m. every single day. All right, coming back. The Elizabeth Warren stuff, this whole thing, wh- why now, what it proves, nothing, and... The Cherokee Indians are pissed. Th- yeah, that was, the, <laughs> that was the one group I don't think Elizabeth Warren was expecting to hear from yesterday. Right. All right, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Man, you're not good at keeping a beat on that. No? Just saying. (laughs) Uh, Gary and Shannon on this uh, Tuesday, October 16th. Of course, the big uh, news locally again is going to be uh, the Brewers and the Dodgers game for 6.09 first pitch tonight. Because, you know, got to schedule your day around it. All the action, of course, on AM570 LA Sports. Dodgers lost last night 4 to nothing. even though Brian Dozier came up the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs. Bases loaded. I mean, that's the uh, sort of the poet uh, poetic end to it. If he were to be able to get something going, but ended up striking out. Now the uh, the Brewers do lead the series two games to one. So this is not to say that they are not all must win games, but this is kind of a should win game for the Dodgers. They're going to keep this thing alive. Uh, Red Sox Astros also today at about two o'clock. So well, Elizabeth Warren put out a five minute video. Uh, along with the documents to back it up, trying to put to bed the controversy over her claims that she has Native American heritage. This is a gamble that may not work out for her. It may be the end. Interesting that she thought this was going to help her, especially as we get closer to the midterms. Um, the She enlisted a Stanford University DNA researcher for her test, and the... The researcher says the facts suggest that you absolutely have a 
Native American ancestor in your pedigree. However, the estimates of just how much Native American blood she actually possesses just range from like one sixty fourth to one one thousand and twenty fourth. Right. So I mean, we're going back six to ten generations here. Right. And and the thing is, you can't even you, you. That's the problem, I guess, or the the uh, the biggest hurdle for her to overcome. This is such a an inexact science when it comes to this sort of a thing that she didn't really bolster her own argument here. Well, uh, because and, and if you look she... at the average American, and I've seen this number fluctuate, but, but even if you take the lowest or the highest, the average American has more than that. There should have been a call made to Native Americans, the different tribes, and, and gotten their response or their take on it or, or just their opinion because I don't think they saw the backlash coming. No. Listen, uh, the president made fun of her. That's fine. It was fully expected. What was not expected was the Cherokee Nation came out. The Cherokee Nation came out and criticized this announcement, saying that the use of a DNA test is useless for determining tribal citizenship. That using a DNA test to determine connection to any tribal nation is, quote, inappropriate and wrong. So the question is, why would she do this? Would she do this because she felt she was pressured into it by President Trump, by the constant harping, by the constant name calling, et cetera, where she was going to do this and say, see, I told you so. I mean, it almost seemed the better move to just ignore it, to for Elizabeth Warren to take the high road right with the uh, with the argument and, and just not even get into it. I mean, it is a big topic of conversation. How much Native American is enough to call yourself Native American? Uh, so that's one thing. And I don't think this is enough, frankly. And then to piss off the, the Native Americans is a whole nother fight that, that I don't think that she was. She yeah, was this was that was a totally miscalculate, a total miscalculation on her part. How right. it was that this was going to go over. The spokesperson for the Cherokee Nation went on to say for a senator in this context on going on this ongoing back and forth political fight to talk about DNA, it really undermines tribal interest, frankly. And when you see that term, uh, tribal interest, you realize how big of an, uh, I don't want to say, community yeah. <laughs> that Native Americans are. I mean, how much business there is to be made there and how you want the tribal interest on your side. And the thing is, if you can't, if you... She said a couple of different versions of this story about what sort of ancestry she had. She has said before that this was sort of a uh, a family uh, tradition to talk about their Native American heritage, but that there was no real proof about it. My family has joked about it because I have red hair in my family. This is not, again, this is just between you and me. I don't think there's any Native American blood in my family, and you're probably right when saying Wonder Bread is more prevalent than Native American, but... Uh, there was always a story that there's got to be some Native American blood in there because where else would we get the red hair? Well, obviously we would get it from Northern Ireland or something like that, not necessarily the Miwok Indians. But so the idea that she was using her family tradition, sort of the family story as a way to describe why she would refer to herself as having Native American blood, that's ridiculous. I, I don't understand why she would even be. You can't. That's not something to rely on. Old Grandpappy Joe told me one time that he knew a gal uh, who was uh, an Indian squaw or something, some ridiculous thing that a grandpa would say. It's just such an irrelevant thing for her to crucify herself with.
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so irrelevant to what she would run on in 2020. And it, it's so ridiculous to even respond to the president calling her Pocahontas. I just I just think it was a terrible political gamble. Here's the thing. They can't play his game. That's no. what I think this has proven to me. The Democrats cannot put somebody up against Donald Trump in 2020 who is a Donald Trump but on the left. I don't think they would, that's going to work. And, you know, her fighting back on Twitter today and punching back and saying that he's just a bully who gets scared easily or whatever, th- those things fall short. You you cannot compete with that guy uh, on that field. So I, I, and the, the idea that she did this and then a bunch of people come out and say, oh, see what it proves. It, it doesn't prove much of anything. All right. P.S. I have never heard the connection between red hair and American. Uh, Again, that's Indian. why I'm saying that, because there's no. It doesn't make, it any makes sense zero to me. sense. OK. <laughs> but it was always a story that came up in my family. And that I, doesn't I, make but any I would sense. never walk around and go, well, my aunt has red hair <laughs> and my son has red hair and my daughter has red hair. And huh. I wonder if maybe I am part Miwok. No, I'm not. All right. Hey, a couple things when we come back. We're going to update you on this crazy story about the missing journalist Jamal Khashoggi. That's how you say his name, I found out. Um, Now, Turkey says, yeah, not only was he killed in the consulate, they cut him up into little pieces. How do we have any proof of that? Oh, good question. where Where did the dismemberment narrative come from? Excellent question. Do you have the answer? Yes, I do. Excellent. And we're going to have some Dodgers tickets to tonight's game. You better bring the energy. We're going to be giving back. We're going to giving back, giving you. Tell you how you can win those in just a few minutes. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 have heard about this 13-year-old girl they're looking for in Wisconsin, maybe Miami as well. Bizarre story. We'll get into that coming up next. A pot in Canada. Several shops in the, our friends in Newfoundland are going to open just after midnight. Uh, tomorrow is when all pot is all legal in all of Canada. Um, they're going to get crazy, those those little guys. Are they those little guys? I don't know. I don't know. Are they really going to get crazy? I don't think so. Um, and then, of course, our red flag warnings are going to stay up. It's been super dry outside. I don't know if you put moisturizer on your hands this morning or not, but it's been super dry. Uh, most of Southern California will be under the red flag warnings through about 8 o'clock tonight. I love it when you uh, remind us to moisturize our hands. Um. I am uh, yeah. I'm for the community. Consider it. Well, the Saudis are preparing a report that will allegedly acknowledge the death of Jamal Khashoggi. How do you say it? Khashoggi. All right. I'll let you do that from now on. Well, I mean, like the second the second G.I. at the very end is supposedly a separate thing. It's not. This is the Saudi journalist who went missing two weeks ago, and allegedly this is the result of an interrogation that went wrong. That is the narrative they're sticking to. This is an accident? And and by the way, they say they have audio of it from his uh, uh, Apple Watch. Um, This reminded me of another interrogation that accidentally ended poorly. I don't know if you've seen this one before. Uh, this is actually a... Now you can put, throw me back. I mean, do you think that God came down from heaven and stopped... Oh, what the f*** happening? Oh, man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the f*** did you do that? Remember that when they shot yeah. Marvin in the face? This is what it sounds like. I mean, they're, t- they're talking about an interrogation that went wrong. 
And according to the Turks, they say they have evidence that, in fact, he was killed in the consulate. Now, what kind of evidence, you might ask? Go ahead. What kind of evidence? It's a great question you ask, Shannon. <laughs> when you, uh, when you uh, dismember a human um, and, or accidentally shoot Marvin in the face, stuff goes everywhere. And a friend of mine is a painter who lost a couple of fingers when he put his hand into a uh, circular saw at one point while painting a house in Beverly Hills. Is this a true story? True story. You have a friend that's missing two fingers. Well, he's only missing really one half now, thanks to the incredible staff at UCLA Medical Center. How has this not come up in three years? I mean, I know your friend that's a pilot. How, how often do we talk about fingerless people? Yeah, okay. Okay. So, but when that when that circular saw took off a quarter of his hand, the entire room had to be repainted. Okay? And that was just a little piece of his hand. Imagine if you're taking pieces of a giant human man apart, the entire room is going to be repainted. Guess what the Turks found? In the Saudi consulate. Your friend's fingers. A newly repainted room. Aha. Uh-huh. Ah, it smells like fresh paint in here. I wonder why. Now, that's uh, that's according to a couple of different reports, so I'm going to go with that and just assume that it's true. So we can now assume not only did they kill the guy, they dismembered the guy, and as we've heard multiple times, they took him out of the country in different airplanes so that when his fiance, who's waiting in the car out in front for five hours... Has zero idea what's going on inside. Hmm. Uh, Turkish officials have said that they do have that audio recording indicating that he was killed in the consulate, that they have shared evidence with other countries, including Saudi Arabia and the United States. But like you said, there has been this report. CNN's been sitting on this for almost 24 hours now that the Saudis are going to come forward and say, yes, we did, but we didn't mean to shoot Marvin in the face. The Turkish foreign minister said the home and the car of the Istanbul consul general of Saudi Arabia will be investigated as part of this as part of this investigation. Oh, and you know where he's going? He's going back to Saudi Arabia because they don't he doesn't want to be around when they search his car and catch him with any sort of evidence because they'll just arrest him and throw him in jail. This is it. Come on. It's a slam dunk, isn't it? And Mike Pompeo is in Saudi Arabia, and the I, – I don't know what – we talked about this yesterday. I'm not sure what sort of pressure Mike Pompeo puts on the, the royal family in Saudi Arabia to get them to come forward other than to say, hey, whatever deal you think we had for $100 billion worth, $110 billion worth of weapons, it's off the table. I love this picture of uh, Mike Pompeo with the Saudi crown prince, Mm -hmm. Mohammed bin Salman, and the two are like chuckling in this picture. Yeah, I don't know how you... It's just, it's odd, right? You know, it it looks like they're just having tea and having a grand old time about nothing. You know, not not a meeting about a dismembered journalist. And how you... you I don't know, you're right. How you can just sort of... uh, Make your way past that to, I guess, talk about the price of tea in China. Mike Pence is talking about this. Mike Pence? Yes, sir. He says uh, that the this guy's job as a journalist adds to the importance of the case, saying we're going to get to the bottom of it. It's important that the world knows the truth. 
If he was murdered, we need to know who was responsible. Yeah, and then he went on to say it's even more important that he was a member of a free and independent press. Interesting. I think the president should have been one to say that, but... I think that's why you saw Mike Pence say it, because all the president said was, well, he wasn't an American citizen. So what do we care? Uh, All right. It's time to give away a couple of tickets for your game four of the National League Championship Series tonight. Brewers at the Dodgers first pitch at 609 at Dodger Stadium. Okay, so you got to go out there. And like Shannon said, you got to bring more energy this time, shall we? I mean, let's show up on time. There's plenty of time. Get there before traffic. Be excited from the very first pitch. Caller number six is going to win a pair of tickets right now. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. Yeah, it's time to call. Come on, it's time to call. Let's call. Caller number six is going to win a pair of tickets (laughs) to game four. Tonight's game of the National League Championship Series at Dodger Stadium. All right, coming up next, the story of a 13-year-old girl missing from Wisconsin. It's a bizarre story, maybe a sighting in, in Florida as well. We'll tell you all about it. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. <laughs> How did you know? How did you know I was going to do that? You say. Hey, by the way, who won those tickets? Give them a shout out. Say some nice things about them. Yeah, Felipe. tell them. Felipe, bring the energy. Awesome. Felipe, Felipe from Fontana. Felipe won the ticket. You gotta, you gotta be excited, man. I mean, every every two strike count, you gotta be up and out of your seats. No, no more of this uh, sitting and enjoying. Uh, entertain me. You got to be part of this. They did look flat. Everyone yeah. looked flat. Just I don't know if terrible it was showing. The wind will take a lot out of you. Uh, I hate standing in the wind outside, uh, and I imagine that maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it's it- true. I mean, John Cobalt has like really adverse reactions to Santa Ana winds. <laughs> like it screws up his whole equilibrium. Seriously? Yeah, true story. Uh, Brewers. But John Dodgers. also has to plug in his home address to his GPS when he leaves work every day. So. Well, there might be something else going on there. Is it because he forgets how to get home? I don't know. Or he's I think looking he, he for he the fastest way to get home. I think he just gets sidetracked. No, it's not fastest. From what I heard him say, he just forgets where he's going sometimes. So mm-hmm. he needs something to be like, hey, right. And he's like, oh. So is that a sign that there's so much going on in that brain? Yeah, I don't know. We or should look into that. We should look into it. We should make a call about okay. that. Um, we're also, so anyway, Brewers Dodgers game four tonight, 609 first pitch. You can hear all the action on AM570. Uh, L.A. sports and those red flag warnings because of that wind. Those red flag warnings are going to stay up, it looks like, through uh, about 8 o'clock tonight. Um, this story out of Wisconsin is is a, a bit terrifying. Yeah, a 13-year-old girl missing. They believe she is in danger because her parents were found killed in their home in Wisconsin. Um, the The officials in Wisconsin that were holding news conferences uh, this morning, Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald, has said this does not happen. This is not a thing that happens in rural western Wisconsin. Individuals uh, usually routine will likely be altered. Such things as missing work, missing scheduled appointments for family and commitments, and they may suddenly leave town. The individual may change their appearance or change something to prevent their identification. Now, he's talking about whoever may have taken uh, young Jamie Kloss. The 
the deputies went to this home in a place called Barron, Wisconsin, after they got a 911 call from somebody at about 1 o'clock in the morning. And they didn't interact with anybody on the phone. Nobody said anything on the phone. They could just hear what was going on in the background. And when they showed up to the address, they found the bodies of Jamie's parents, later identified 56-year-old James Kloss and his 46-year-old wife, Denise. And the sheriff said there was evidence that there had been gunshots, but stopped short of saying that that's how, in fact, they died. Now, they set out uh, an Amber Alert that went all the way through uh, the upper Midwest area. Um, they issued it for Jamie, five feet tall, 100 pounds, blonde, strawberry, har- uh, strawberry blonde hair, green eyes. And within a few hours, actually, an uh, odd, uh, oddly short amount of time, in Miami, the police department put out a tweet that said that they may have seen her in an area of Northwest 27th Avenue and 11th Street, just at an area of a gas station. Yeah, they say if it was her, she was in a black Ford Explorer with a Wisconsin plate. And that there were two men in the car with beards. They appeared to be Middle Eastern, according to the tip. But, I mean, tips have been pouring in here, so... I'm not sure how much more credible this sighting is than anything else they're they're receiving. No, but the terrifying—I don't know if terrifying is—but the I, the uh, identifying part about that was that it was a Wisconsin plate, right? And that's where she's missing from. I don't know how many Wisconsin plates are floating around Miami, but that would be enough to raise someone's uh, to raise someone's interest and recognize that there was a little girl in this uh, uh, in this truck with them in this Ford Explorer. So that's that's this weirdest story that mom and dad were found dead. The 13-year-old girl disappears and shows up several hours later, possibly in uh, sorry in Miami. I find it interesting that they're not talking about how the couple died, but will say that gunshots were involved. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that means that they can't tell. I mean, depending on what sort of oh. if there was a fight involved and the, I mean the condition of the bodies, which would have been nasty um anyway so that's that's a weird story when we come back we're going to get into a bunch of local stories including our winds uh they did in fact shut down power in many places throughout the state yesterday to prevent any sort of wildfires coming as a result of uh, power lines that go down so we'll talk about that how long we can expect to see these winds continue uh and remember your chance to win a thousand dollars coming up sometime between uh say five after and uh 20 after as well Right here on Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, it's Tuesday, it's October 16th. Later in the show, our friend Neil Saavedra is going to join us. We're going to do Tasty Tuesday. Did you see the president has already raised more than $100 million for his re-election campaign? Uh, wow. Yeah. That's a, quite a bankroll. I mean, he started the day that he took office, really. I don't think any other president started the re-election campaign as quickly as this president did. No. Well, I mean, he's he's shown that he's good at the uh, he's good at these rallies um, and he continues to pack them in. So why not continue that? Feels good, too, I guess. Right. Feels good to have a whole crowd of people yelling your name. Um, our red flag warnings are up. We'll talk about that in just a minute. The uh, Saudi consul to Turkey, the consul general, is apparently headed back to Saudi Arabia after Turkey came in and said it was going to search his residence in connection with the death of Jamal Khashoggi, 
the uh, Washington Post uh, writer who was living in the United States but went to Turkey uh, to get some marriage documents, uh, birth certificate, whatever it was, and never came out of the consulate. Everybody believes that Saudi Arabia killed him, even though the Saudis have been very tight-lipped about it. Um, A Turkish official now says that the body was, in fact, cut into pieces before they took him out of the consulates. Well, the winds continue today by mid-morning into this afternoon. Moderate winds set to pick up. Yesterday, a lot of power outages, a lot of trees, debris scattered in the streets, a freak death in Tustin where a woman was in her car and a tree fell on it killing her bizarre i mean it's not bizarre that it happens Uh, it's bizarre that she was in the wrong place at the just the wrong instant yeah because a few inches one way or the other and she probably would have been just fine they say they're not going to be quite as strong as yesterday but a lot of dry air uh, a lot of fire danger exists yeah and it feels like uh like monica was mentioning earlier it does feel a few degrees warmer today than it did yesterday so even moderate wind could potentially uh put a bunch of a bunch of areas at risk so we talked a lot about this yesterday, this decision over the weekend where utilities came out and said, hey, they may cut electricity in different communities depending on the conditions. And they did just that by by late Sunday night and all through yesterday. Places like uh, Calistoga up in the northern Napa Valley, all of these places were without power. 60,000 customers had their power shut off uh, overnight Sunday and into yesterday. And for a lot of people, it was a... I mean, last year's fires up in the wine country are fresh enough in their minds that the vast majority of them probably didn't mind having the power off, especially since they were told. It's not as if the utility just shut it off and then told them four hours later, hey, yeah, we're the guy in uh, the airplane movie who just turned all of the uh, runway lights off. We're going to do this. We're giving you warning. Stock up with whatever you need to stock up with. Uh, Keep your freezers closed, whatever it is. Because this is a, a an attempt to make sure that the firestorm that we saw last October doesn't happen again. Um, we also saw it here in Southern California. I mean, L.A. Department of Water and Power, um, San Diego Gas and Electric, SoCal Edison, they all gave warnings out that they would, in fact, shut down power. The only one I know for sure that did was San Diego Gas and Electric. They shut out some power in uh, some foothill areas near the Cleveland National Forest where they've seen a lot of fires start recently. I wonder if this is going to be the way we go uh, forward on days when the Santa Anas are picking up. Is is this the new normal, a power company shutting off the power because they're afraid of liability? I mean, we talked with Alex Stone about it yesterday, and, uh, you know, the legislature has made some some strides to helping them out in terms of passing on the cost to us as ratepayers when it, when the fires are sparked by bad equipment or downed lines or whatever. But I, I wonder, because we it, it's not just a couple days a year that we have the Santa Ana winds. Right. Yeah, we'll have a couple more of these before Thanksgiving, I mean, a couple more of these uh, events where a couple days worth of very strong winds along with the low humidity and the higher than normal temperatures are going to cause massive problems. I don't know what the plan is I, because we've seen this from the different utilities saying, well, we have to do this uh, because we are not allowed yet to, you know, to upgrade our lines or to to. Uh, they just don't want to pay the money. Well, that's the thing. They they have to go to the utility commission to ask for permission to use the money. Uh, but then they're going to turn around and make you pay the difference, of course. So maybe this is a this becomes a tool 
where the utilities say, well, we may have to shut it off 12 hours before the winds begin and leave it off 12 hours after they end. And then you're talking about maybe two or three days without electricity in some cases, depending on where you are and the conditions that you find yourself in. That, w- that would be untenable for a lot of people. Um, but I, it, to me, I don't mind power going out. Um, this isn't a commercial for solar. I'm just saying I don't mind power going out because it's for a couple of hours. It's kind of a unique, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a fun thing. No, it's fun it's, when you're eight or that's nine. Fine. That's uh, probably the like last time I think my power went out was when I was eight or you nine. You know, and you get to you know get the flashlights and the candles and ha ha ha. This is great. Um, but if this is the way that they're going to handle Santa Ana wind days. I don't know how many people are going to be okay with that. I think this is. I think this goes on. You need to pay the money, upgrade your equipment. Let's not be ridiculous. I, I do think you're right. This will go on for a couple more uh, instances before people start getting uh, uh, antsy about it. They don't want to see it. Utilities going to take a little bit more liberty with when they shut the power off, when they're able to bring it back on, and you know, uh, and then say, well, all you got to do to prevent this is let us use the hundreds of millions of dollars that we need to upgrade our lines and. Make sure that everything is uh, trimmed back away from the power. So uh, we shall see. Well, we've got firefighters going after SoCal gas. Hey, I got to tell you, this kind of makes sense. Um, and if you look at some of the stories about what happened after the Aliso Canyon uh, gas leak, I think someone's someone's got to have their feet held to the fire in this. Get it? Do you see what you did there? Fire. fire. Firefighters. I didn't even try that. I know. It just comes naturally. It's a gift. Weird. Hey, you know what else is a gift? How about $1,000? That's a gift. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's BANK to 200-200. Got to answer that phone. If you win, they'll call you from a number you probably don't recognize. But if you don't win by the top of the hour, your next chance to win is going to be sometime between 12.05 and 12.20. You have a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, right here uh, from 5 a.m. all the way through 6.20 p.m. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon. That's just I can. <laughs> um, we, uh... We have a lot going on today. The bottom of this hour, we're going to get into this uh, good uh, sort of a true crime story. There was an affair. A uh, guy was convicted of killing his co-worker. Now he is out. And that co-worker's husband, as a matter of fact, is the guy who's been arrested for the murder. So, Good Lord. I know. Just What's stop. wrong with people? Stop doing that. With me. We have a terror in the skies coming up at the uh, in the 12 o'clock hour, including one... I don't think I've ever seen a story about this being found in someone's checked luggage. Um, and that lucky drug dog or a search dog that was able to find this thing. Was it Hot Rails? Not Hot Rails. Okay. Although that was funny yesterday. Apparently you got some uh, some good uh, reaction to your <laughs> your suggestion that people get mad at us because we're not up for two weeks at a time doing Hot Rails. <laughs> um, and then a local story. This is an Associated Press story. That talks about uh, Proposition 6. By the way, yes on Prop 6, yes on Prop 6, repeal the gas tax, yes on Prop 6. California State Transportation Agency and a Sacramento um, public affairs firm were working together hand-in-hand to 
try to promote legislation to raise the tax to fund the 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 road and bridge repairs. And while opponents of proposition, uh, opponents of the gas tax were out there raising money to try to get Prop 6 on the ballot, they were coordinating all of their news conferences, all of their social media thing with a state transportation agency to do this. It is not, according to a bunch of different uh, ethics experts, not technically illegal. But when you raise your voice that high, chances are it's probably a, a very bad idea for the state transportation agency to get in, involved with that. So, Well, firefighters who worked in and around the site of that massive natural gas leak three years ago are suing SoCal Gas, saying that the utility knowingly let them be exposed to dangerous levels of toxic chemicals. This was the blowout in that well at the Aliso Canyon storage field. And it took nearly four months, of course, to cap that thing. Uh, Immense amounts of methane were sent into the air. Largest known gas leak in U.S. history. Now, the first responders who went there to that storage field and nearby communities said they didn't have any protective gear because they were assured by SoCal Gas that there was no danger. In fact, the utility knew that this gas being released contained cancer-causing benzene and formaldehyde. Yeah, so you've got firefighters who go through and their job is to tell everybody to get out, but the firefighters themselves stay in place. And SoCal Gas, Department of Public Health, whoever it was that was responsible for saying, hey, you guys might want to wear respirators, you guys might want to, or you guys might not want to camp out in the plume of benzene and formaldehyde, nobody told them that. Nobody told them that. So you've got all of these different firefighters who are now, uh, Daniel Medharian, for example, recently retired, says they robbed us of the chance to help save lives further. Instead, they hid the truth. They covered their own butts. And now we are all suffering intense nosebleeds, severe headaches, nausea, dizziness, and more. Uh, breathing difficulties, skin rashes, migraines. All Some are battling cancer. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a this is a clear to me, it seems like a clear thing that, that not only should SoCal Gas have been able to tell them, when you come here, make sure that you protect yourselves because of the bad stuff that's involved in this uh, in the gas, but also don't hang around. Once we clear out these homes and neighborhoods, don't stick around. Uh, it was a flat-out lie uh, tampering with the lives of first responders. If firefighters at Station 28 there in Porter Ranch actually asked for air purifiers from SoCal Gas. The L.A. Department of Public Health, along with SoCal Gas, said, you guys don't need those. Look at this. We have beautiful sunny skies. I don't know if that's what they said, but they said you don't need them. There are no health impacts from what's going on, which is absolutely ludicrous now that we know of this. Back in August, SoCal Gas reached a $120 million settlement with state and local governments over the leak. It's agreed to pay $25 million for a study of long-term health consequences. But you got to believe that, that they're going to pay up for this. Well, I think the biggest thing, the, the next big step for all of this is to get some sort of an official report on what happened, what the health impacts were. They did, as part of that settlement, there is $25 million to go towards a health study of the effects, long-term, short-term effects, of exposures to methane, benzene, formaldehyde, and all the other toxic stew that came out of that uh, came out of the ground. The problem is, who's paying for it? SoCal Gas is paying for it. Who's doing the study? 
SoCal Gas is doing the study. Mm. You got to have somebody else come in. You got to have uh, university experts who deal with air SoCal toxic, Gas is paying health. itself twenty five million dollars to do the study. Well, they're, is that what I'm getting? They're funding a study. I don't think they're making a profit on this whole thing, but they're setting aside twenty five million dollars to do the okay. study. But but yes, you're, to that point. They should be paying it to somebody else. They should be giving $25 million to a group of scientists, whether it's uh, Cal State Northridge, USC, UCA, Harvard. I don't care. But somebody outside of this is, the, uh, is who should be responsible for this report. Um, yes, yes, they have tightened the regulations because of the, of the Aliso Canyon uh, gas leak. But that doesn't make a whole lot of people feel comfortable. Uh, and the fact that the dealing with the long-term effects of this is going to take, you know, we're, we're going to see, unfortunately, stories like this increase with the number of firefighters, first responders, people who lived in the area, people who continue to live in the area, coming up with uh, out-of-the-ordinary numbers for when it, uh, for cancer and other ailments. And that's, that's unfortunate because that's all on SoCal Gas. So there. <laughs> all right, when you come back... <laughs> laughing so there so there i like it we should end every segment with so there all right and therefore when we come back we're going to talk about um uh the death of cherry terry cheek and why it is they got the wrong guy they found uh they found that a co-worker was responsible and then they said well what we meant to say um not that it feels like more affairs are ending in murder these days, doesn't it? Yeah. Why, keep your nose clean then. How's Good that? Good Lord. Let's do that. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. If I would have just laid my drink down and walked down, well, I wouldn't be in my truck driving us to your house. Gary and Shannon. But we're going to do all of our uh, trending stories, of course, coming up at the top of the hour. Those stories that are trending highest on uh, social media, being shared the most and tweeted and reposted and all that sort of stuff. Um, the big story locally is that our red flag warnings continue. We will see the winds continue. It looks like through about 8 o'clock tonight. And uh, the uh, utilities, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, beginning of the hour, the uh, utilities that had shut off electricity to some of their power lines to try to prevent any sort of disasters like we saw uh, just about a year ago up in the wine country. President Trump also in trouble today, if you want to call it that. He called Stormy Daniels a horse face. And then she countered with saying he must be into bestiality then in one of the rare, rarer low points in our country's history. And we've had... <laughs> We've had many. We have had so many. All right. Terry Creek, uh, mother of two. Her body was found in 1998. She was strangled. And right next to her body was a watch that belonged to her lover. Not her husband, but the co-worker that she was having an affair with. She was working at Quest Diagnostics, and she didn't show up to work one night in April of 1998. And uh, when they started investigating they eventually found her body near corona lake right between uh, halfway between corona and lake elsinore just off the freeway there um they started asking around and suspicion quickly turns to one of her co-workers a guy named horace roberts everybody at work apparently knew they were having an affair he did not want to admit it no. to detectives. He was embarrassed. He was ashamed. But they didn't see it that way. They saw it as he was lying to them and he wanted to cover up the murder. Yeah, so 
What they did was they used that evidence against him. They used the evidence of his lying to uh, investigators about the affair. And they used the evidence of his watch, a Loris watch, the kind that he was that he owned, found next to Terry Cheek's body. Well, there were some other circumstantial things they threw in there. His truck apparently was seen near the crime scene. Uh, one, Even though she regularly borrowed his truck. Right. Uh, one of the daughters, one of Terry Cheek's daughters, said that the purse that they found in this guy's possession was clearly the one that mom had with her the night she disappeared. So it took three trials, but Horace Roberts was eventually found guilty and sentenced to jail. California Innocence Project steps in and finally is able to obtain some DNA testing in March. And the DNA revealed that the DNA from her fingernails uh, did not belong to Roberts, but it did belong to somebody related to her husband. It's one of those familial DNA hits. So two weeks ago, Roberts was secretly freed from the prison. Uh, the DA in Riverside County, as well as the California Innocence Project, agreed he was wrongly convicted and that it was two other men responsible for that murder in April of 1998. They're, they are her husband mm. and his nephew. And the nephew is the one whose DNA was found under Terry's uh, fingernails. The nephew has a record, so that's why the DNA was in the system. Yeah, he had something like... Uh... Molesting a child, something like that, six months in jail was required to register as a sex offender. So that's why his DNA became part of the state criminal database. Now, the the argument of how could this possibly happen? Well, first of all, you've got the guy lying about the affair um, simply because he was trying to protect himself, not because he was trying to hide a murder. So these inconsistent statements never helped his case. But I should say, and the evidence of the watch having been found next to Terry Cheek's body, you know, it's not necessarily a slam dunk case, but that's why it took three trials to get this guy uh, put away. Now, when you go back and think about 20 years later, you've got technology that you didn't have in 1998. You can check the DNA under Terry's fingernails. You can go back and find uh, information even from the watch itself whether or not there was any sort of transference of DNA on the watch that if it did, in fact, belong to Horace or it was just something that uh, the husband potentially knew he liked that kind of watch and would place that watch there as an attempt to frame him. Yeah, we've talked about DNA and the advancements and, and, and everything and it being able to solve cold case murders and people that committed murder 20 years ago uh, will now be caught for that crime. Uh, everyone's looking over their shoulder, but it's also going to probably play into some people being released that did not commit their crime. Yeah, and we haven't we haven't really spent a whole lot of time talking about that aspect of it. I mean, we've spent plenty of time looking at these cold cases that have been solved in the last, say, nine months or so, starting with the Golden State Killer and the use of these DNA databases. It will be interesting to see the the um, rising tide, perhaps, of, of people who are let out of jail, let out of prisons, because DNA and further testing has exonerated them. And I think they're gonna, those are going to be fewer and far between, farther between, because, like in this case, you're going to have to find somebody who's going to advocate for you. you. You're not necessarily going to be able to do this from a prison cell in Corcoran. If you can get to the California Innocence Project, if you can convince someone to take up your case, 
and go through the legal ramification machinations to get a judge to order further DNA testing, then maybe that that's how you do this. But that's a that's a pretty tall hill to climb. The crime scene evidence from this case last year was sent to the Depart- uh, Department of Justice lab in Riverside, and they then did those more sophisticated tests. So that's how this happens. But it is not it is not an easy thing to do to be able to convince somebody, whether it's the California Innocence Project or anybody else, to come uh, to come and do this work on your behalf. And it takes time. I mean, there's a long list of people that that want the attention of a California Innocence Project. Plus, I wonder, I mean, as much as they're talking about the idea that this guy lied about the potential affair, lied about the affair, uh, had his watch show up, did anybody ever look at the other the other side of that, the potential that a husband finds out his wife was having an affair and ends up killing her and framing the, the lover? That, to me, I don't is know. one of those... Because, it, you know, you're supposed to follow the evidence and, and allow it to take you where it goes, but... To me, it seemed almost too uh, contrived. Planted. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna find a just happened to find a watch near the body. Oh, so you're a detective now? Is that what, is that what I'm hearing? I'm pretty much a detective. Got it. I mean, I don't like to brag, and I obviously don't have a badge, but uh, I mean, <laughs> hey, neither did Angela Lansbury. So, oh, I love it when you compare yourself to Angela Lansbury. <laughs> it's better. It's hey, it's you probably safer cope. for me to to uh, to be a star in Murder, She Wrote, than actual a sworn law enforcement. True, true. I think right. you got yourself out of some trouble there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming back. Uh, Dodgers were horrible last night. Uh, listen, I'm but rooting. You love it. I'm not. I don't, don't love act it. Like I want this care. to go on and on and on. I don't mind them playing in the playoffs. I'm not going to root for them. But I, I, what frustrates me is uh, my complaint about the division series was where were the fans in the first inning? Where were they? You cannot have 40,000 empty seats at Dodger Stadium at first pitch. You cannot do that. If you go to a place like Boston or Houston or Milwaukee, they are packed by the time the national anthem is sung. And in L.A., it's not just that traffic is an excuse that you can't get there on time. People just don't, you know. People aren't, uh, they're not sticklers for time in Los Angeles. I know, but it's that's. a completely different ballgame. But that's what allows the, the the air to be sucked out of the room like it was last night. Okay. All right. We'll come back and talk about that. We I swear. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> Shannon, uh, Tuesday, October 16th. Neil Saavedra is joining us in the uh, 1 o'clock hour. Talk some uh, tasty Tuesday stuff. Speaking of, we'll get into our uh, terror in the skies in a few minutes, but um, we posted on the website a couple of pictures of what one lucky search dog found in a checked bag. I've never seen a dog smile on camera before for every picture that he's in, and he loves it. And good reason. Good reason. Um, big stories that we are keeping our eyes on. The red flag warnings continue. They'll be up, it looks like, probably through 8 o'clock tonight for most of Southern California. The uh, Saudi consul to Turkey, consul general, I believe, is headed back to Saudi Arabia. Turkey said it was going to search his residence in connection with the mysterious disappearance, <laughs> death, 
of a journalist, uh, a Saudi journalist who is working for the Washington Post. And uh, pot in Canada is going to be legal everywhere in the country tomorrow. So a recreational pot. A bunch of places are opening just after midnight to start selling recreational pot in Newfoundland, of all places. Well, last night was not a great night if you're a Dodgers fan. A 1-2. Call strike three. That's it. And the Brewers shut out the Dodgers 4 to nothing. Milwaukee goes up two games to one. Okay. It's not why they lost, but Manny Machado does not know how to slide. Or he's trying to pick a fight with the shortstop of the Milwaukee Brewers. The other thing is, Yasmani Grandal, according to uh, according to Kike Hernandez, is trying as hard as he can. And yes, he did hit a double last night. But Yasmani Grandal is running uh, to probably get cut on from a postseason roster, which I don't think has ever happened before. We're going to play Austin tomorrow. Um, by the way, this is Dave Roberts after the game. Austin um, Austin Barnes is going to start tonight's game. We're going to play Austin tomorrow. Austin will catch. Yazi will be uh, ready to go off the bench. He's been good for us all year. He had a tough night. Obviously, the fans voiced their opinion. Okay, that's part of it right there. I want to bring this up. The fans voiced their opinion. Dave Roberts and everybody in that Dodger dugout can hear when you boo Yasmani Grandal. And they can hear when you're chanting, we want Austin. We want Austin. But... Kike Hernandez puts this the best. Uh, he comes in after the game, and they get blanked, right? Not They don't score a run, and even Kike says, where are you guys? Playoffs, you, you, you got to want it, and today it, was, it just wasn't our day. We had no energy. The stadium had no energy. The fans had no energy. So uh, overall, it was a pretty bad game for everybody that calls himself Dodgers. Don't, don't give me the thing about, well, there's so much other stuff going on in L.A. That's why we don't show up to the... If you have tickets for a game and Felipe and Fontana won tickets to tonight's game from our show, Felipe better be there by the first pitch. He better be in his seat. Uh, I should say standing above his seat, cheering. You don't get to have a team lose that poorly. And then the team even recognizes the fact that the stadium had no energy last night. That's embarrassing. Should be embarrassed by that. When when the national broadcast, in this case, I think it's FS1 on television, shows a good 20,000 of the seats that are empty, don't you don't get to use the excuse that there's 20,000 people in line for a Dodger dog or whatever food item beer you're trying to get. You do this beforehand. You, you, I don't care what you have to do. You don't see that in Houston. You don't see that in Boston. You don't see that in Milwaukee where first pitch comes and people go, oh, don't worry. I got another 10 or 15 minutes before I need to get in my seat. They're already there. They're already there. Who's starting tonight? Alex Wood? I think Alex Wood's pitching for the Dodgers. Rich Hill's starting for the Dodgers. All right. So here's what you got to do. You're a Dodgers fan, and you have tickets to the game. You get to your seat early. Better chance at 6 than 430. Totally fine. Yes, I agree. Then, then there's no excuse, is what Less you're saying. Less of an excuse. No excuse at Less that point. Less of an excuse. And when, uh, when Rich Hill gets up there and says, uh, "Here's two two fastballs, high and tight," and call, they get called strikes, and it's zero and two on on Lorenzo Cain, you get up and you cheer. You don't politely clap. You do what other baseball fans do. You get up and cheer an 0-2 count, even if it's just the first out of the game. Okay? Are we clear? Don't look at me. 
I just, it just bo- it bothers me. It bothered Kike Hernandez. He could tell. There was no energy in that stadium last night. I do have a question for you. It's, it's, a, it's a, another thing you mentioned earlier in this. Manny Machado sliding. Yeah. Does it drive you crazy that that's now a double play when you reach out to touch someone? No. The, the, especially the second one. The first one was kind of meh, and since the guy never, the shortstop never threw the ball to first, that's not a double play. You have to make it a Like the second one. The second one, he grabbed the guy's leg after the throw. Doesn't matter. No, you but I'm saying you're totally fine with that rule. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just. I mean, it's not even, it's not my rule. It's no. the Chase Utley rule. It's not even. Which like, I was fine with his slide when it happened. Uh, I had no problem with it. Yeah. I mean, because I, my entire life, I played second base for a good portion of my life, and everything is. You catch the ball and you get your butt off the base right. because you have no like you're going to die if you stay there. Right, the and guy's going to put his helmet in your yeah, nose. Yeah, you move. You're going to get a cleat into your ankle or you're going to get something. So you move. Yeah, the the thing is, he was so far off the base. I mean, the rule is that he's got to try to stay on the base. You got, but he didn't even. I mean, he grabbed the guy's leg. I God. heard. Uh, I heard Steve Sachs this morning on with Kate's on. Yes. Uh, 570. As did I. Wonderful show. And he was. Uh, he said that uh, Machado got wr'd. Which is wimp ruled. He said one time, Sachs was saying when he was turning a double play one time, uh, Tim Raines came in, got him in the shin. Yeah. He looks down, sanitary sock is just red with right. blood. With blood. Pulls his sock and he looks, he could see his shin bone. The thing is, and that, he said, yes, and he said and that's it's a totally different. It was a different time when he played. But what he was saying was, why isn't the game still that? He said, that's totally fine. He said, war of attrition. The guys who get hurt and who can't hang. You end up on the bench, and you see how deep your team is. Uh, I I think everybody's too litigious. I mean, Buster Posey. That's Buster Posey is the reason why you cannot have a play at the plate anymore. Right. It's all that. That's my. I guess that was my question. Was does that stuff not annoy you a little bit? That the game is just turned into let's protect these guys who make a hundred million dollars. Yes, and, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. But it's the rule. I mean, right. no, the rule is he what knows it is, the rule. But I was asking if you think the rule is dumb. I don't know if it's dumb, but I do miss some of the uh, some of the harder plays at second base. Right. I'll say that. Same thing as not being able to land on quarterbacks anymore. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Now we're getting now we're getting too crazy. You're gonna wheel the quarterbacks out in their own little wheelchair in a protective bubble. They're they're fine. They make the mobiles. Yeah, <laughs> Pope Mobile. They make the most money out there. All right, we'll do trending when we come back to and we'll give away a thousand dollars on the Gary and Shannon show. Just to follow up on what we were just talking about, Kike Hernandez, for example, saying that there was no energy in Dodger Stadium last night. TMZ has a gallery <laughs> posted today on TMZ Sports. It's called Celebrity Dodgers Fans Who Let Down Kike Hernandez Photo Gallery. <laughs> it's all the people who were at last night's game. Rob Lowe, Will Farrell, uh, Danny Trejo, Mario Lopez, Rebel Wilson, bunch of them at the game last night caught on camera so it was funny we have a thousand dollars we're going to be giving away in a few minutes we'll tell you how you can win that but first time to check in and see what else is going time for what's happening heavy thumb i think i slapped my hand down and the microphone got turned off well the big story uh trending today uh there's a couple of different iterations of it uh tiny is one of the words that's trending but also horse face 
president this morning said federal judge throws out Stormy Daniels lawsuit versus Trump. Trump is entitled to full legal fees. It's in response to a California judge that threw out Stormy Daniels lawsuit about a tweet the president wrote calling her a liar about having been threatened to stay quiet about the alleged affair. Anyway, the president went on to say, great. Now I can go after Horseface and her third-rate lawyer in the great state of Texas. She'll confirm the letter she signed. She knows nothing about me. A total con. Well, Miss Clifford didn't let that go. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Clifford. Her name is Stormy Daniels. She says, ladies and gentlemen, may I present you your president. In addition to his um shortcomings, he has demonstrated his incompetence, hatred of women, and lack of self-control on Twitter again, and perhaps a penchant for bestiality and then she writes, game on, tiny. Uh, the uh, the third-rate lawyer that the president so aptly described, Michael Avenatti, also got into this and wrote, you're a disgusting misogynist and an embarrassment to the United States. Bring everything you have because we're going to demonstrate to the world what a complete shyster and liar you are. How many other women did you cheat on your wife with while you had a baby at home? Uh... I don't. This is a sad, sad description of what's going on in our in our great country. Um, I can't believe that this is what's trending horse face. I mean, he could have used many other things, although the White House announced this morning that the president has no social calendar events today. There's nothing, uh, no social events planned today. So this is going to continue to ruminate unfortunately for the next several hours until another big headline comes up and who knows who knows what it could be to try to take this off the front pages paul allen has died and that's a story that's trending as well one of the co-founders of microsoft dead at the age of 65 um an absolute fixture excuse me An absolute fixture in and around Seattle, Bellevue. Uh, When I first moved to Seattle, I actually ran into Paul Allen at a uh, in the grocery store at a QFC. Um, It it was this very no idea who he was. I no idea why I would should have known him or anything because at that point was new to uh, new to the town and new to the island actually where we lived. Um, but always would see his giant yacht, the one that had the submarines with it, uh, docked outside of his home. Paul Allen had uh, cancer in the 80s and actually left Microsoft in the early 80s and then came back. I think I heard Handel say today, the first day of the IPO for Microsoft, his shares were worth $134 million in one day. And after that, went on to, of course, be worth billions of dollars. Uh, Bought the Seahawks. He ended up buying the Trailblazers. Huge sports fan. And made made an absolute impact on not just the city of Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, but in all of the different charities and organizations that he set up as well. So Paul Allen dead at the age of 65. In Texas, I don't know if you've seen the Yano River, L-L-A-N-O, the Yano River. It is absolutely incredible how high this river is cresting. They're saying the river at the city of Yano crested this morning at about 40 feet. Uh, And they're saying a secondary crest in major flood stage is expected Wednesday morning. This is record-level flooding, well beyond what they consider major flooding. 
the river uh, in the city of Kingsland ended up collapsing one of the bridges. They're saying that a body was found in the river in Burnett County related to the flooding. And they were just simply telling people, get out of town. Get out of anywhere along that river. It's going to crest and it's not going to um, it's not going to go down anytime soon. Although the 10 inches that they of rain they saw was not that unusual. The minor flood level is 10 foot. The moderate flood level is 12 foot. The major flood level is 23 feet. And this thing crested at 40, just to give you an idea. Uh, up in Davis, a family decided that the best way to include grandma in the cookie recipe was to include grandma in the cookie recipe. A kid came home and told them at uh, Davis, a kid from Davis High School came home, said that another student had brought cookies to school baked with grandma's ashes in them. Oh. Mm. Claims the tainted cookies were made by another Da Vinci Charter Academy student a couple of weeks ago and given to others. Boy's parents were upset about what they say, not the fact that he may have eaten a great granny's ashes, just the way the school handled this whole thing. School administrators questioned her son, fearing that he may have eaten one of the cookies, and her son said after being questioned, he was asked to submit a statement about what happened and sign it, and then told the student, you cannot tell anybody about this, which is pretty funny. Um, I can imagine that that's going to taste very good. Cookies with ash in them? I mean, depends how much ash was dropped in the batter. I would assume a lot. Oh, I mean, it was grandma. She wasn't a big gal, but uh, <laughs> she still she still cost a lot of ashes. Hey, tomorrow, no, uh, day after tomorrow, the Kings are back in action uh, against the New York Islanders, your Los Angeles Kings. And now you can hear every L.A. Kings hockey game live on the free iHeartRadio app. And take it wherever you go. Download the app, use the keyword L.A. Kings, and listen to that. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. How about this? How about we give away $1,000 right now? Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword BILLS to 200, 200 You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's BILLS to 200, 200 If you win, they'll give you a call before the top of the hour. You have to answer it if you're going to collect the money, even if it's from a number you don't recognize. So your next chance to win, if you don't get it this hour, is next hour sometime between 105 and 120. And you're going to have a chance to win $1,000 actually once an hour, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show right here on KFI. We'll jump into some uh, Terror in the Sky stories when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. At the uh, bottom of this hour tonight, Norman is going to join us. We're going to be talking about uh, Mike Pompeo meeting with the uh, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. The mystery over this disappearance of the Washington Post columnist in Turkey. It continues. We'll see what sort of uh, new developments we have in all of that. The president uh, on Twitter today called Stormy Daniels a horse face. Uh, Her defamation lawsuit was dismissed yesterday. And then, of course, she went back. At him and said he must be into bestiality then. This is where apparently we're working now. 
Uh, Brewers-Dodgers game four tonight, 6.09 first pitch. Congratulations to Felipe from Fontana. Won a couple of tickets to go tonight's game. On our behalf, all the action on AM570 LA Sports. I just saw this out of Nevada, uh, Death. The owner of the Bunny Ranch, Dennis Hoff, has apparently been found dead at the uh, at the brothel. Dennis Hoff dead at the age of uh, 72. Uh, but as we are wont to do every once in a while, look up to the skies and realize there are many terrifying things in those skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough! I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane! It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. All right, well, uh, in Atlanta, they have one of the greatest search dogs ever, Hardy the Beagle. Hardy the Beagle um, found something in a guy's luggage. He was traveling to Atlanta all the way from Ecuador, and this is something you could probably get here in the United States. I'm not sure why he felt like he had to pack it in his bag, but Hardy the Beagle found a, uh, a roasted pig in this guy's luggage. Uh, a roasted pig he was attempting to smuggle in. Agents took the two-pound pig and destroyed it. And by that, I mean they added mayonnaise and French bread and had ham sandwiches. Hammy sandwich. Best part about the whole story is Hardy the Beagle is smiling in every one of the pictures they took with this roasted pig's head and him having found it. That's my favorite part about this. And, Blake, I know that you put this up there, but did you realize that at the very bottom... The very end of our uh, post at KFIAM640.com, use the keyword Gary and Shannon, you can see Hardy. He's got an official picture there from Customs and Border Protection. I know, that's why I included the picture. <laughs> it's the best! Because he's so noble. It's like, it, it would be like any other formal picture of somebody who works in a government agency, where you've got the flag of that agency alongside the flag of the United States in the background. It's those two flags, and then Hardy, just as... As regal as ever. Get it? So happy and so proud of regal himself. Regal beagle. Guess what I did? You know what they need to do? They, they need to Photoshop that picture and just put a little bit of barbecue sauce right there on his little gel right there. That'd be good. That's the one thing. The other one is, and this is not quite as funny or fun, um, a Moroccan man who helped the 9-11 terrorists carry out their plot flew home a free man. He went uh, released from his uh, sentence in Germany Munir Al-Motasadek, sentenced to 15 years behind bars for accessory to murder in 2006, but got credit for time served because he was arrested in 2001 and then freed just before finishing even that stretch to be deported back to Morocco. A big old smile on his face. Somebody took a picture of this guy. I wouldn't recognize him, but somebody did. And then the terror coming out of the skies. Again, not a happy story at all, but... A skydiver at uh, the Lodi Parachute Center, right? As you drive up Highway 99 right there on Lodi, it's just off to the west side of the highway. A woman jumped out of a plane Sunday afternoon and was killed when her parachute didn't open properly. She ended up in an alfalfa field near the airport runway that's used by these airplanes. Uh, The sheriff's department deputies said they arrived on the scene but it's unclear whether the woman was still alive when she was found. I'm going to go out on a limb there and suggest that no falling out of the sky without a parachute will uh, not 
lend itself to being alive once you once you hit. Um, the woman, a man who claimed to be the woman's friend as well as a skydiving enthusiast himself, said that uh, this woman had been on thousands of jumps and was an experienced skydiver. Another guy who had just met this woman on Sunday before she jumped uh, said that she had been involved in skydiving for decades. So about 20 people have died during skydiving accidents at the Lodi Parachute Center, but it's been in like 40 years, I think, 38 years since 1981. And they're always solo divers, right? Yeah, Uh, I I think so. I think most of them, no, I think all of them have been solo divers, so... That is, uh, there was a there was an 18 year old who did die during one of those, one of those incidents when his parachute didn't open. The instructor who had tandem jumped with him was apparently not properly licensed. But I think most of the others oh. were all of the singles. All that right. was my biggest fear. Well, don't do it. I did it for my 32nd birthday. You went skydiving? Yeah. That's what everyone does for their 32nd birthday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. George Bush did it for his 90th birthday. Mm-hmm. He probably also did it for his 32nd. Uh, <laughs> I think it, then he was actually in the Navy, and I don't think it was much for his birthday as it was a direct order. I'm just guessing. On I your, didn't. I didn't start panic. I didn't start panicking though until I was about to jump out. <laughs> well, I would imagine that's probably <laughs> common time for being in the plane. Isn't out. anything to freak out about. That's well, but he, but with the knowledge that in a few seconds you will be out of the plane. Yeah. The door open. I'm like, oh, oh, that's real. <laughs> Why is it so windy? All right. We'll do Swamp Watch when we come back. Also, at the top of next hour, Ryan Burrow is going to check in with us uh, about that story out of Wisconsin. The search continues for that 13-year-old girl missing after her parents were found dead in their home this week. We'll talk about that at 1 o'clock. Gary and Shannon will continue Swamp Watch up next. I need it. I need it. I need it. What was that move? Oh, that was a that was a horn honk right there. Oh. Big rig horn honk. Uh, red flag warnings up through most of Southern California mountains uh, through eight o'clock tonight. These winds will continue along with the uh, the warmer temperatures and the low humidity. So there's still plenty of fire danger out there. Game four tonight: Brewers Dodgers. Six oh nine first pitch. All the action on AM five seventy LA Sports. The Brewers still lead that series two to one. Uh, the other American League Championship Series, Red Sox-Astros game, is at 2 o'clock tonight. Uh, just got word as well, bad news out of the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. They're now saying that the death toll has jumped by nine. They have nine confirmed extra deaths in Bay County, Florida. So uh, as we go through, and we know that there have been dozens of people that were reported missing, unaccounted for, several days after the storm, and apparently we're finding some of them. So... It's time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Well, a bunch going on in Washington, D.C. today. Uh, The fallout continues, I guess you could say it, uh, for the... Horseface tweet from this morning. 
Uh, a federal judge dismissed a defamation lawsuit yesterday against um, against President Trump brought by Stormy Daniels. Now, the way the judge to sort of get into the uh, weeds on this, I suppose. Stephanie Clifford, Stormy, sued the president back in April. He said a composite sketch of a man she said threatened her in 2011 to keep quiet about an alleged affair with the real estate mogul was a con job, that that composite sketch was a con job, that the guy was non-existent, that she was playing the fake news media for fools, and then tweeted a side-by-side photo that compared the sketch of a photo with Stormy Daniels' husband. Now, she sued, claiming that the president can't call her a liar, which he did. Federal judge said that that is exactly what he can do. He tweeted this morning that... um, now I can go after Horseface and her third-rate lawyer in the great state of Texas. She'll confirm the letter she signed. She knows nothing about me, a total con. So that's the uh, current state of politics and social discourse in the United States. The other big story out of D.C. today is the ongoing and uh, per- uh, p- potentially serious consequences for Saudi Arabia in the death of a journalist who was working for the Washington Post, went into a Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey, and never came out, at least not in one piece, it appears. Janai Norman has been uh, following the story with us, and we know that Mike Pompeo met with the crown prince today in Saudi Arabia. What, uh, what, if anything, can Mike Pompeo do to the Saudis to try to get some light shed on this situation? Right. So uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is there. He met with the Saudi king, the crown prince, foreign minister. um, And basically he's there because the president wants a prompt and thorough investigation into what happened to that missing journalist, Jamal Khashoggi. Um, And as far as what Mike Pompeo can do, um, I I don't know that Mike Pompeo himself can do anything. The president was asked what would happen if Saudi Arabia is found to be responsible for Khashoggi's disappearance. And over the weekend, he said that there would be severe punishment, but then was pretty coy and hesitant to talk about um, any specifics and whether he would be willing to impose any sanctions against Saudi Arabia. Now, there has been um, a little bit of movement in Congress to push for an investigation and possible sanctions, depending on the outcome of that, Um, but we'd have to see what happens. And at the same time, Turkish officials um, have been working with Saudi officials to investigate this, and Turkish officials today are saying that they found evidence that Jamal Khashoggi was killed inside the Saudi consulate and that um, at the same time, Saudi officials are calling those allegations baseless. So, you know, you've got one side saying one thing, Saudi officials saying that they they have no idea what's happened. And President Trump to this point seems to be taking Saudi officials' word as it is, saying that the Saudi king vehemently denies any knowledge about what happened, saying that he spoke with a crown prince who, um, you know, totally denied any knowledge. So the, the president doesn't seem to be doubting that at all. But now we're getting these other um, reports of developments about him, him being killed and the crown prince possibly uh, being the one who ordered that. This is an open-ended trip for, uh, for Pompeo, isn't it? It is at this point. And um, uh, a few hours ago, we got word that uh, he will be traveling to Turkey later this week. And President Trump, when he um, you know, said on the White House South Lawn, Gosh, it's only Tuesday. It was yesterday he said that um, that he was having Mike Pompeo head over there as soon as possible, and he said he's he wants him to go to Saudi Arabia, and uh, he's open to him going to Turkey and anywhere else he may have to in an effort to figure out exactly what happened. Um, 
can the Saudis come forward and admit to any of this? And the reason I ask that is because there have been reports that they would come out and say, yeah, we accidentally killed him in an interrogation gone wrong. And that's what we're hearing could happen, um, but that's still going to raise more questions. And that just because they come out and say it now, after um, you know vehemently denying having any knowledge of it, it leaves you wondering whether they would come out. Um, but also, that doesn't mean that it's something that would go unpunished or without consequences. At the same time, the Saudi government has um, you know a very strong hold in the global economy, um, so there, there's a, a tight rope uh, that officials would be walking. Very interesting. All right, Janai, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Janai Norman there with the latest on what's going on in uh, in the Washington, D.C. angle when it comes to this missing Saudi journalist. When we come back, uh, more on this, including uh, what it is that Republicans have been saying should happen with Steve Mnuchin as a result of all of this. And I'll explain that sort of a twisted story when we come back to Swamp Watch on Gary and Shannon. Some of the uh, big stories we've been watching today, pot actually uh, will be legal in Canada tomorrow. And this is uh, an interesting thing. Uh, Just after midnight tonight, several different pot shops in Newfoundland are going to open up to be the first to sell recreational legal marijuana in all of Canada. So that'll be a a fun story to get to tomorrow. Uh, You heard Monica mention this as well. It appears that Dennis Hoff has died. The guy who owns the Bunny Ranch, brothel owner, I think he was running for state legislature, uh, dead at the age of 72, found unresponsive there at the Bunny Ranch. Same place that uh, Lamar Odom almost bought the farm. All right, uh, we were talking in Swamp Watch about what's been going on, the disappearance of the Washington Post journalist, the guy, the Saudi journalist who was living in Washington, D.C., but traveled to Turkey to get paperwork for a wedding ended up not ever coming out of the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, at least not uh, not in one piece. And there was a summit that is scheduled. There is a summit scheduled in Saudi Arabia. A bunch of senators are now urging our Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, to bow out of this thing, uh, said that he should not attend the Future Investment Initiative, which is scheduled for next week while all of this is going on. Uh, Jeff Flake is one of them. Senator Todd Young in Indiana is another one reiterated in a separate tweet that he does not believe that Mnuchin should attend the conference. And he says our basic and fundamental values demand a suspension of arms sales to Saudi Arabia and that Secretary Mnuchin should not attend the investment conference in Riyadh next week. Several high profile figures, uh, retired general uh, KKR executive David Petraeus. Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, they were scheduled to go. They have pulled out of this conference. The president told reporters in Georgia that he hasn't made a final decision on whether or not he's going to uh, have Steve Mnuchin bow out of this whole thing, but says that he expects to have a decision made by Friday, looks like. Speaking of the president, on 60 Minutes, I didn't catch this, but on 60 Minutes there was a painting that showed up in the background while he's walking, while the president was walking through the White House with Leslie Stahl. It's a painting by a, a guy named Andy Thomas, and it's called The Republican Club. 
I didn't realize it was a very well-known painting, but it's been updated to include President Trump. And he's sitting at a table with George W., uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Gerald Ford, Calvin Coolidge, Richard Nixon, all of them standing around, and it looks like he has just told a joke. A bunch of them are laughing. For some reason, this this painting is is making the round. Like everybody's commenting on the fact that he had a painting. Like presidents haven't had paintings of themselves before. The one question uh, from a couple different people is whether or not the president, this president, is going to end up in history as one of the great Republican presidents: Reagan, Lincoln, uh, Roosevelt. If in fact He's in that same club. I guess maybe that's perhaps the question. But the other thing out of D.C. is everybody is sort of whispering and rolling their eyes about Elizabeth Warren. She announced yesterday the DNA test that said she does have some, and by some I mean a smidge, of Native American heritage. She did a DNA test and... She did a uh, campaign-style video that tries to directly address questions about her heritage. Because since the 80s, she's been telling people that she has Native American blood. She tried to explain part of that away by saying, well, it's sort of family folklore that we've got uh, Native American blood in my family. She first ran for Senate six years ago. And she was able to kind of slide past that controversy and get into office. This is the new push that she's already actively preparing to run for president. She wants to get this thing out of the way now so that it doesn't come up in the presidential campaign starting a year from now, whenever it's going to happen. She enlisted a Stanford UNA, uh, University DNA researcher for the test, and he said in her video, the facts suggest that you absolutely have a Native American ancestor in your pedigree, but somewhere like somewhere between six and ten generations ago. So that's that's a ridiculously far uh, leap to say six to ten generations ago, you may have somewhere between one sixty fourth and one one thousand twenty fourth of Native American blood in you. Uh, And I said there was a couple of different places I saw this number that on average, almost every person in the United States has some of the Native American blood mixed into their ancestry. But it's more than that. It's, I mean, it's more than Elizabeth Warren says she has in her DNA test. I found out my ethnicity estimate. Uh, my sister sent me the version of uh, that she did. England, Wales, and Northwestern Europe, 61%. Germany, or Germanic Europe, 27%. Norway, Ireland, and Scotland, and Sweden, you do not get whiter than that unless 1% was Clorox. England, Wales, Northwestern Europe, Germanic Europe, Norway, Ireland, Scotland, and Sweden. That's a lot of sunscreen in that. I feel bad for my children and their sunburns. Um, and then finally, there is a group of people, 3,000 migrants that have crossed from Honduras into Guatemala. They say they are on their way into the United States. It doubled in size from Saturday. More than doubled, as a matter of fact. Some 1,300 people, the ones who set off from northern Honduras, 
They call it the March of the Migrant. They plan to seek refugee status in Mexico. And if Mexico doesn't grant it to them, which, by the way, uh, spoiler alert, Mexico will not grant them status. Um, They say they're going to pass through to the United States. Reuters has been covering the story, and they say they haven't been able to officially confirm the number of uh, participants or verify the number. But they show several different images of a group carrying backpacks and clogging the road, some of them waving a Honduran flag. Already, the U.S. Embassy in Honduras says they are concerned about the caravan of migrants traveling north, the false promise of entering the United States by those who seek to exploit their compatriots. And there is a warning, clear warning, that if this group is allowed to make it all the way to the United States, there will be financial consequences for the Honduran government. So this is one of those things that we'll continue to watch over the next couple of days. All right, coming up, a couple stories. Number one, we're going to be doing uh, an update on the story out of Wisconsin, this 13-year-old girl who disappeared after her parents were found killed in their home. She may have made her way all the way to Florida, uh, not by her own volition, of course. And then a story about one of those haunted houses gone bad. I mean, really, really bad. Plus, a 1000 bucks we're going to be giving away in a few minutes on the Gary and Shannon Show. Gary and Shannon, it's Tuesday, October 16th. Tonight, of course, Brewers and Dodgers, game four, 609 first pitch. Only accident on AM 570 LA Sports. Brewers lead that series two to one. Uh, Astros uh, will host the Red Sox this afternoon as well. About an hour from now, they're playing game three and they're tied at one apiece. Big story, uh, a couple of things. I only want to say this because a lot of people are talking about it, but uh, the president called Stormy Daniels a horse face after her defamation defamation suit was dismissed uh, yesterday. She fired back on Twitter. If you're interested in diving into that cesspool, you're more than welcome. Um, there was a uh, the story about the missing reporter. This Washington Post reporter went to uh, Turkey, disappeared in the Saudi consulate. There is an update to that. Just uh, about an hour ago, the president tweeted that he just spoke with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, who totally denied any knowledge of what took place in their Turkish consulate. He was with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo during the call and told me that he has already started and will rapidly expand a full and complete investigation into this matter. Answers will be forthcoming shortly. A couple of different things. Number one, there is a senior advisor to the president who's being quoted by CNN as saying that this response to whatever comes out of this, the president's response to Saudi Arabia in this situation may be the most important thing he does as president. Second thing is that we've been waiting for 24 hours now. CNN has been reporting that there's a chance the Saudis will come forward and admit that Jamal Khashoggi died in their custody, but that it was after an interrogation went horribly wrong. All right. A little bit earlier in the show, we told you the story about this 13-year-old girl missing out of uh, rural western Wisconsin. Sheriff says we don't see stuff like this. I haven't seen anything like this in in rural western Wisconsin. uh, We just don't see this thankfully ryan burrow is helping us cover this story and uh ryan when when it comes to the missing 13 year old girl jamie cross she could be anywhere right now she could be 
And a lot of questions were fired at the sheriff in the uh, the press conference earlier today, and he didn't give us a ton of information about the crime scene itself, uh, about where these leads are, where some of these tips are coming from, uh, or that where they believe Jamie is right now. They're desperately seeking any kind of information from the public. Uh, she was described by the sheriff as sweet and shy, and she enjoyed dancing and sports. Uh, not exactly the profile of someone who they may consider uh, the murderer of her parents, um, because that has obviously uh, crept into a lot of people's minds. Well, maybe she's the one who killed her parents and fled. Um, was she perhaps a runaway? Uh, they don't believe that that is the case, but uh, they're not uh, denying anything at this point. They're just trying to get as much information as possible as they continue the search, which uh, is a nationwide search. Uh, we, we got reports last night that uh, she may have been spotted at a gas station in Florida. They didn't speak much to that tip uh, today, but uh, someone apparently saying someone matched Jamie's description they saw getting into a black SUV with a Wisconsin license plate. Unconfirmed at this point, but it just shows you with the FBI being involved, uh, they have really kind of expanded the scope of this outside of just rural western Wisconsin. How did this whole thing start? It started with a 911 call around 1 a.m. on Monday morning. Uh, Someone sounding as though they were in distress. Uh, police responded to the scene, and that's where they found uh, what we're being told is a very violent scene. We know that shell casings were found there. Uh, we know that both of Jamie's parents were dead, um, but we don't exactly at this point know specifically that they were shot to death. They just won't make that connection for us in the media. We don't know why they're not making that connection for us, but uh, they're waiting for the autopsies to be released. That being said, they come across this scene. They find the two parents dead and the 13-year-old missing, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So, so uh, obviously they've called in the FBI. I mean, there's a chance that this is a kidnapping and that this is across state lines. Can the FBI do anything, or do they, they have tools that are going to be uh, helpful to the local agencies? Yes, and that's why they're being called in. Uh, we don't exactly know what all those tools are, uh, but, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be looking at DNA samples and, you know, various other, uh, uh, you know, maybe surveillance opportunities that they've got across the country. And, yeah, that, this is why the FBI is called in. And it was close to the Minnesota border, too, so, I mean, it's possible that, uh, you know, crossing state lines wasn't that far. Uh, have they done anything in terms of asking her friends or talk to the kids or other families that they may have been friends with about what was going on in her life, or maybe she had something, you know, she had a, 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 I don't know, relationship with these guys, or somebody may have taken her. That question was posed, and uh, of course they're being very, very tight-lipped about all of that information. Uh, they they do say that they have questioned a lot of people. We don't know what a lot of people means. Um, we do know that she does have some relatives in the area that are they're struggling to get through this. In fact, uh, ABC's Alex Perez did speak with uh um, a couple or a few relatives, and they just said it's a very difficult time for the family, uh, calling her a sweet little girl who wouldn't hurt a soul. So, once again, not really fitting the profile of, of maybe the, the concept that, uh, you know, she may have killed her parents. But that being said, too, uh, they're not giving a lot of information, and, and they're hoping to, to move somewhere in this investigation. So um, we don't know if uh, maybe they're using us, too, to, to get that information out as well. The, uh, Chris Fitzgerald, the sheriff of Barron County, had described it, um, you know, just saying it's pretty quiet and they don't get crimes like this. Can you add to that description of what this uh, what this area is like of Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's rural. It's rural Wisconsin. Uh, you know, there's... Um, it, boy, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't remember exactly how far uh, the location is from Minneapolis, but... Uh, 
you know, it's it's not like this is a major metropolitan area, and um, we don't exactly know, you know, where the family uh, worked or, or, you know, how what, what all of their relations were with the with the area, and 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 you know what what their relations were with the community. Um, that's hopefully information that we're going to be finding out here pretty soon. But it sounds like it's a pretty pretty close knit community. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Thank you. Take care. Ryan Burrow there, the latest on uh, what's going on. The, the case of uh, this little girl who's gone missing from uh, from Wisconsin. And again, or, yeah, Wisconsin. And, in fact, it is about 80 miles northeast of Minneapolis, so uh, out in western Wisconsin. The uh, Her name is Jamie Cross, by the way, Jamie Kloss. When we come back, an update out of Ohio, a story we haven't gotten into these haunted house things uh, a whole lot yet this Halloween season, but you got to know what you're getting into in some of these, and I I don't understand the even the endorphin rush that you would get from some of this stuff, but I'll explain what happened and what went wrong. The Akron Fright Fest haunted house. <sighs> but, hey, to make yourself feel a little bit better, how about this? How about we get $1,000 coming your way? Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's cash to 200-200. If you win, they'll call you before the top of the hour, and you got to answer that phone even if it's from a number you don't recognize. Your next chance to win is an hour from now on the John and Ken Show sometime between 205 and 220. In fact, you have a chance to win $1,000 once an hour Monday through Friday from 5 in the morning all the way bright and early with Jonesy and wake-up call through the first hour of the Conway Show at about 6.20 every single night. Coming back, haunted house gone very, very wrong. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, it's Tuesday, it's uh, October 16th, bottom of the hour, Neil Savage is going to join us. Nick, was it your idea to talk about chili? Because this is a fantastic idea. Yeah, why? I don't know, because now I want chili. Let's get some chili. That's fine by me. Does uh, the place across the street do chili? Uh, sure. Probably like kombucha chili or something. <laughs> we don't want that. Never mind. Um, but a bunch of big stories today. The uh, red flag warnings are going to stay up, it looks like, in Southern California through probably 8 o'clock tonight uh, as we have these winds that are dying down. But uh, we saw some problems yesterday and crossing our fingers that we don't see any uh, fires start up. The uh, Saudi consul to Turkey is now headed back to Saudi Arabia. The Turkish investigators say they're going to search his car and his residence in connection to a missing journalist that everybody believes was killed by Saudi Arabian killed team in the consulate in Istanbul. And then uh, Brewers-Dodgers, of course, game four, 6-0-9 first pitch tonight. The uh, National League Championship Series now 2-1. to The Brewers lead the uh, the series. You can hear all the action on AM570 LA Sports. We've, uh, we've done stories before about the extreme haunts that are out there and about how you can now sign waivers when you go into some of these places uh, because uh, they're going to scare the living crap out of you. But most importantly, they're going to touch you. And I say that in all seriousness. They have to be very careful about who they touch, how they touch, and that's why they want you to fill out these these waivers to know that you're not going to be sued. Uh, we took the, uh, the family to a very well-known uh, theme park in Southern California, and... Uh, 
we were going through one of the haunted areas, and we were told by uh, because of the signs that were there that the they're not supposed to touch you. And that was fine. I didn't care if they didn't they touched me. I mean, I didn't expect I was going to get punched in the face or anything, but. It definitely crosses a weird line when someone is scaring you and they come up to you and touch you. So uh, we, we didn't stick around. Got when we had kids with us. Different story. But this idea of extreme haunts has really become a big, booming business. You, uh, you can script these out. You can have stories. You can include uh, incredibly graphic mutilation scenes uh you could do crazy things with strobe lights and images that shouldn't exist but do you can you can blindfold people you can make them eat things all of this sort of stuff the thing you can't really do is cross the line when it comes to a a rape scene they have found out in akron ohio and i am not kidding about this there is a couple that has accused a local haunted house in akron ohio of subjecting their patrons to mock rape scenes without asking their permission or having them sign a waiver. That's, I don't even know if you ask their permission or have them sign a waiver that this would be an okay thing. But the TV station there in Akron caught up with a guy who said he was subjected to this. His name is Ryan Carr. But in one of the houses, Ryan says he was grabbed by a man who came out from under a bed, then thrown onto the mattress. My girlfriend walks over and says, hey, what are you doing? That's my boyfriend. I don't know. if Do you do that? Do you interact with the people who are pretending to, well. And then he says, uh, not anymore. He's mine now. I'm going to rape him. And then he started thrusting against me. And after like four seconds of that, it was just kind of really awkward, so I just kind of like sat up and was like, I'm going to go now, and I left. Okay. All right. Uh, the couple says this all went down at Akron Fright Fest, which is a big area. There's, uh, I think, five or six of these different haunted houses in this place. Uh, this is not the special haunted house on that property where you had to sign a waiver to enter, although they do have one like that on that property. And I guess they say they're not the only ones who have complained about this. Uh, On Facebook, uh, the Akron Fright Fest Facebook page was inundated with people who were complaining about all of this, suggesting that they were not the only ones who went through this. Um, The other thing is they've decided that the people who were responsible for this, whether it was uh, an individual sort of a private contractor who came in as the rape scene guy, um, he has been suspended. At least one person has been suspended. And the experience inside this haunted house is going to change forever, perhaps. The owner of the property said they would have the manager contact this TV station when they called, but the same manager didn't respond to them, uh, wrote online that the issue had been resolved. And uh, the understanding is that at least one person has been suspended for uh, for going over the line on some of this. All right. When we come back, Tasty Tuesday, Neil Saavedra is going to join us, our Fork Reporter. We're going to talk about some fantastic ideas for chili. Chili. Oh, and we'll revisit this issue of lab-grown meat. We've talked about lab-grown hamburgers before, faux meat hamburgers. Um, or I should say artificial hamburgers. But what about fish? Is fish something that we can get into uh, manufacturing on the side? We'll talk about all of that when we come back to the Gary and Shannon Show. Gary and Shannon. 
that we saw today. Officials uh, said that 16 people were killed in Florida because of Hurricane Michael. That doubles the number of deaths just in Florida. The Florida officials announced the state's updated death toll today. Didn't provide any details of how these uh, deaths were storm-related. But uh, the tally from the Associated Press includes 10 other deaths from other states. President Trump uh, insulted Stormy Daniels today. It's just felt like he called her a horse face in a tweet because the uh, defamation lawsuit against him was thrown out yesterday. So figured uh, might as well pile on at that point and drop a horse face in there. And then she said something back to him about, well, he must be into bestiality then. This is where we are nowadays. This is the unfortunate uh, times that we're raising our children in. Marcia. Get get Merca, yay. It gets a little rough when when you slap back and kind of confirms yeah, that you're right. So it's like, hey, here's a I good may retort. be a horse face, but you hit that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's no winners, I guess is what it is. Stay classy, Gary. <laughs> hey uh <laughs> Hey, Nick. Yeah, Gary. What is a physicist's favorite food? I don't know. Fish and chips. Oh. So is, I got to say it slower for Blake. No. Well, it's fish and, fish and chips. Got it? Let me teach you how to eat. Neil Saavedra, the fork reporter, has joined us. Talk about uh, some foods on this wonderful Tasty Tuesday. I had no idea there was such thing as a vision chip. National Chili Month. I was going to say it, it's great chip. With, with Shannon not here that you have to explain the jokes now. Well, I, the thing is. That's against your own rule. Why no, but I saw Blake struggling with that one. And I wanted if you to bring stop him into the, the show fold. every time Blake struggles with something. <laughs> wait, brother. wait! I'm going to admit I had to tell Blake I felt dumb because I didn't get it either. Oh, it's going to be a long segment. Oh, just hey, Monica! If there's anything that that uh, that Neil and I say that you don't get, just raise your hand and we'll, uh, we'll okay. feel free to stop down and we'll eventually get to everybody's questions. <laughs> yes, uh, National right. Chili Month. Chili. You know the weather changed, and I heard you. Kind of, this is one of the problems with talking about food, especially when you're locked in here for four hours. Mm-hmm. You can't help but start thinking about it. And as Monica said earlier, it is, it, you feel fall. It's a great, beautiful fall day out there. And chili is. It's perfect. Yeah. It's a good beast for this type of weather. Um, there are a bunch of different styles, of course, but the basics of it meat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, you can have vegetarian, uh, but you can have vegetarian chili. But I mean, there's the, the I would say the three main ingredients that most people associate with it would be a meat, mm-hmm. a bean or multiple beans, and then a tomato. There are people from Texas right now screaming. I know, and that's the thing because I know that there are different variations of it where meat is. You know, I mean, beans or, are yeah. out. No beans. I've I've never understood. What makes people angry when it comes to food? I mean, I've heard people like get red faced and argue over whether an actual martini can have an olive in it, because technically that makes it another drink once it has an olive in it. Um, but you, but but to that point, you're arguing over alcohol at that point, and usually it's because you've had a few, yeah. and that but, but and wait, you'd fight over wait. anything. 
But wait, uh, as my wife says, who likes a dirty, a good dirty martini, she says, well, why would you skip the snack? Then it's like a drink and a snack. <laughs> so there are people that go that wrestle over what what good chili is. And as far as I think it, it's up there with pizza in a lot of ways that really the best pizza you ever had is the first pizza you ever had. So the best chili you've ever had is probably what you were raised on. Whatever mm-hmm. your that's going to be what your your basics are. So I can help with some tips. Okay. Some general tips that I think enhance chili. Uh in a good way. One is to learn to bloom your um, spices. So blooming spices, and you'll find that a lot of Indian restaurants do this. They they pre-work uh, their spices prior to putting them in something. So usually they're whole spices, and they put them into a skillet, heat them up with a little bit of fat, uh, sometimes no fat, sometimes yes fat. And what ends up happening is the compounds in things like uh, uh, rosemary, lavender, sage, uh, thyme, bay leaves, they're all fat-soluble. So if you put a little butter or a little oil and even in the store-bought, dried and ground uh, chili spices, you put them in a pan with a little bit of fat and you heat them, they're going to bloom. That that flavor is going to get so much more intense before you ever put it into the chili. So learn to bloom your spices Great tip for getting more flavor. Another thing, and this will, in general, up your cooking game. Learn to properly cut your aromatics and your veggies. Cut them the same size. Um, that that mouthfeel or the experience you get when you eat something, when you have when they're all even, they've all cooked the same amount. So you're not going to have the perfect bite next to an extra al dente or crunchy bite, right. you, know, it, you get it. It's all equal and it all cooks properly. To so that end, I love those. It's not a mandolin slicer, but it's a, it's a, um, a chopper where you put something on the top of your blades, basically, and you bring the pressure down on top of it and it pushes through. Everything comes out in the same. Oh, like those television. Just, yeah, yes, the ones. exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that. we have a couple of those at, at the house because sometimes they and especially my wife, who doesn't like, you know, cutting a bunch of stuff up. You pop those things on there, and they'll cut them all equally yeah. um, sized. Um, but you can work that if you ever want to get your knife skills um, sharpened. Uh, just get carrots, onions, tomatoes, and just learn to chop them properly at different sizes. Do matchsticks. Do you know uh, cubes? Do dicing? Do all these different things, and then you end up learning what size is because there's just sometimes where you have a soup. And the ingredients are exactly the same as soups you've had before, but they just taste better because they're they're cut properly. They're everything's the proper size, and therefore it cooks better. So in chili, it's going to be the same thing. It'll give you uh, you also fit more of the ingredients in one spoonful. You know, when they're yeah. bigger, you might get a carrot here or something there, but when they're smaller, you can fit them all uh, together. And when you're cooking meat, understand that chemically what's taking place. Baking soda, a little. Water, baking soda in your meat when before you brown it can do tons. It changes the pH uh, balance uh, of the meat and allows it to absorb more liquids and get that browning more quickly so that you have more tender meat inside your chili rather than tough, 
Dead. So you could do, uh, you could cube some beef or whatever and make a, you know, a sort of a, a stew almost, stew style meat in your chili. Oh, absolutely. Ground beef is the one I'm most used to. Yeah, ground beef is great. But keep in mind that the type of ground beef, it's best if you could grind it yourself because you're just going to get a better quality. But two, a lot of people think because it's ground, it's going to cook really quickly and then you're going to be done. And so maybe they say 45 minutes probably in your average. But you can squeeze an hour, an hour and a half lower, slower, and it will still break down that that ground beef and make it even more tender um, than people would expect. But if you want to brown it separately with a little bit of uh, the baking soda, a little bit of water, you brown it separately and then put it in there. It's going to retain its moisture a little bit more. And right. It's going to get that brown rather than the you know poached. Uh, which is what you boiled, don't want. Boiled yeah. gray. No one needs that. Uh, then the side things. Uh, whatever you're going to put in your chili, you've got to have. You've got to have at least available. You don't have to put it on. I don't care. I don't give a damn. You got to have chopped onions, mm-hmm. uh, the little green onions, available. You got to have sour cream available. Available. You got to have crackers available. Again, not everybody does this. Available. And you've got to have cheddar cheese available. Available. Huh. Not everybody wants to put that Wait. on their chili. That's a weird mix. Yeah. Why is that a weird mix? Why is that a weird mix? I don't know. Chopped onions, you didn't crackers. Raise, you didn't up. raise your hand, by the way. Mm. No, you can go. I just next time raise your hand. And it's root. It's <laughs> root. Yes, Monica has a question. I usually uh-huh. um, is sour cream, shredded cheese, and cilantro. Weird. Cilantro is a good one. I'm not a giant cilantro fan. My wife would totally agree with you and say cilantro would be a necessary thing, but I think mm-hmm. she would put it in it. Not necessary. Yeah, but you're also a Latina, so mm-hmm. and you just referred to Gary as a cracker, or were you referring? Oh to no, no, no. no. Okay. I was Seltzer. referring to his oh, okay. um, additions. Oh, gotcha. You mm-hmm. did see my ancestry, though. Did I tell you that? No, uh, we were talking about the whole uh, ancestry.com thing. My sister did it. Uh, we share the genes. Um, we're about the same size. Actually, you do share genes, but yours can be slightly different than hers because you can have well, more of one side of the family than the other. There's not a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> I'll <laughs> tell you that. Well, that it makes jeans? me nervous. Uh, not a lot of branches on your family tree. There's there's five groups that they put us in from from most to least in terms of percentage. England, Wales, Northwestern Europe, Germanic Europe, Norway. Ireland, Scotland, Sweden. Not a lot of diversity in that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you were to line up those five guys in uh, in a police lineup, very white. It's like highly it, white. Yep. It it actually showed. It actually spit out a card that said Hitler's wet dream. It's like, Bing! oh, great! They didn't even have to get into breaking it down. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, putting fake meat in your chili. Aren't you perfect? <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. Neil Saavedra has joined us, our Fork reporter. Monica Ricks has an update on the news. Gary and Shannon. Bless you. Is it a sneezy day today? Nick complained about being sneezy today. Of all the dust in the air. Poor Nick. I'm dying. <laughs> You're not dying. I'm a doctor now. It'll be fine. Neil Savedra, the Fork Reporter, has joined us. Uh, we were talking, uh, we've talked before about lab-grown meat and um, cultivating different uh, chicken and beef and duck, basically from clusters of 
chicken and beef and duck cells that they then just replicate and put onto some sort of a structure. Yeah, they use a scaffolding, and it's kind of interesting because with the advent of 3D technology and being able to 3D print things, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're finding ways to build these scaffoldings. And when it comes to food, some of them are actually going to be edible. So they're building the, the scaffolding scaff- itself. Yeah. Well, so eventually what we'll see is not just a chocolate bunny at Christmas, or I'm sorry, at Easter is usually when they come out. The chocolate bunny. The cheap ones are for Christmas. <laughs> that's, uh, that's when you get the, the deals. The ones that are about nine months old. Um, you will see fake turkey in the shape of turkey. Like a fake cooked turkey potentially well, in the shape of a cooked turkey. I don't turkey. know that you could call it fake. And you could eat the whole thing. It's real turkey. Uh, it's it's turkey cells. It's turkey meat. Is it a fake baby if it's in vitro? No, but that was entirely uh, cellularly based. Well, there's in vitro processes processes as well for some of these. Uh, it's really kind of bizarre as to how this. How this is taking place, and they keep uh, they keep jumping over a lot of these hurdles, and you may be seeing lab grown fish coming to a supermarket sooner than later, and the meat uh, the the beef is going to follow, and all of these things are are now more rapidly coming to reality, and when, not just science fiction. When you say this, though, and I, I mean just to talk about the the scaffolding thing and how important the aesthetics of a piece of meat can be. Oh, yeah, that's the artistry I mean, now. That, that Where you've got, yes, you can have you can have fish, you know, lab-grown fish that you then take to Vons and throw out in your little container there, but it damn well better look like fish or it's not going anywhere. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And then on the other end of that is when you get into a larger institutional style, you know, whether it's prison or hospital or hotel or something like that, they're going to just back up a truck and a giant rectangular, you know, piece of solid is going to come out. And they're just going to slice off little pieces of fish and they're going to call it fish. Anybody for protein chunk? It's going to, it's going to Actually, look like a loaf of, a loaf, uh, well, a do. cube of butter. Have you ever looked up loaf, the prison loaf? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's like, that's, there is a prison loaf. <laughs> they're already serving a prison loaf. Um, this has a lot of ethical ramifications and um, economical and ecological ramifications. I mean... On the positive side, or you mean All of it, it, positive. I mean, there's a lot of positives here, but there are hurdles we have to get over. So imagine this. If you could... If you're using a scaffolding, that scaffolding is not going through the biological um, chutes and ladders that ours do as individuals. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I are almost 100% alike, when you cut, when you break things down, right? You know, DNA. We have mutations that make you a particular color, me a particular color, or eyes, hairline, all these things, right? The fact that you have one. Um, <laughs> these things uh, make changes, but really, as human beings, we're you know pretty much all the same. Well, uh, but those mutations make our structure. If you're if you're building it, if you're building that scaffolding, there's no reason to vary it. So you could have identical pieces of meat forever. But imagine, so less waste, you could make them to size, to scale to, to a particular dish without having, you could, you could 
modify how much gristle, how much fat, how much you could really it's going to be interesting as to where this ends up going. Uh, it almost sounds like you'd also have the sort of the sourdough starter style um, strains of different kinds of meat, so that you oh certainly you, you one particular cow that is particularly tasty ends up providing the starting points for all of these different strains, but they're sure. all basically the same genetically the same cow. Same Absolutely, oh, sounds good. It's going to be. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, just look at the the hamburger. We talk about we talk mm. about the uniformity of places like Burger King and McDonald's. If they had one cow that was supplying all of the hamburger for the entire franchise, the whole it's thing, it's going to be interesting. One of the battles right now is name. Nobody knows what to call it. Fish. No, that they that legally you can't. Not oh. in the same way. In the same sense, clean meat is one of the ones that is. You know, leading the pack. A uh, lab grown meat sounds weird. Vat grown sounds weird. Uh, in vitro meat sounds weird. Uh, so they literally are looking synthetic meat. Cultured meat is okay, but sounds a little weird. They're trying to find, I think it, clean meat will, is going to be one of the leaders because it doesn't sound icky. Yeah, but it almost sounds bleachy. Yeah, clean, yeah. Been, too clean. Yeah, we've we've cleaned we've cleaned it through a process, but clean being you know kind of like hey, it's not going to harm you or it's you know not hurting the environment or whatever or the animal that it came from. Yeah, right. the, the slaughter free food. You just take out a little slice of fillet, leave the cow standing, and then uh, go cook your burger and stare at it while know. you're eating it. That's exactly how yeah. it goes. You but just wait. Yeah, you, you won't wait. have to kill the cow. All right, Neil, thank you so much. Thank you. Neil Saavedra, the Fork Reporter. Stick around. John and Ken up next. They have a chance for you to win $1,000 coming in a few minutes. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven, because it hasn't. Gary and Shannon.